Katie, you and I, for the last couple of years, have done the silly thing of firing up the good old podcast machine and talking into microphones to do an IndyCar season preview. We have made bets. I don't know if we remember what the bets were, <laughs> even who won. I know that I'm always wrong, but here we are, days away from the start of the 2021 NTT IndyCar season. Could not think of anyone better to join me and do our usual season preview. How you doing? And how excited I, are you for what's coming? First of all, I get to go to a racetrack this week. There's going to be fans there. You <laughs> cannot ruin my mood right now. I mean, it is just a great week already. And the sun is shining in Indianapolis. So I've got the trifecta of happiness ready to go. But I also got to say, I can tell you're married and that you've been married for a while because you're willing to admit you're wrong. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's it. That was in the contract. As my wife tells me each year in our anniversary, first of all, you know that this is not a, an actual binding lifetime contract. She said, I, this is a yearly lease and I choose whether to uh, re up that lease for you each year or not. But yeah, my predictions are always wrong, but Hey, friends like you suffer my idiocy. Well, let's say thank you as always to Cooper tires and the justice brothers for supporting the podcast, and also our friends at torontomotorsports.com. As we've done for the last couple of these, Katie, there's no format. Do we just talk about whatever uh, stumbles into our brain? So why don't, we, uh, why don't we kick things off with your thoughts on the drivers who are going to be big, big players in how this championship gets settled. Who are the top five or six you think are going to be there or thereabouts almost every weekend and in the final reckoning later this year at Long Beach. You know, we seem to continuously like get close to or set a record for winners in a season, Marshall, and I think we're going to set a record this year. I mean, the field is continuously, sorry about that, the field is continuously covered by a second or less, and man, I'm going to go with the less this year. It's going to be really hard to choose, you know, some championship contenders. Of course, you got to throw in Scott Dixon, right? Six-time champion, reigning champion. He's just always in the mix. Joseph Newgarden, to Alexander Rossi, of course. But some other names that I'm going to throw in there for this year. Um, I think Scott McLaughlin will at least be in the battle, and that you know, somewhere in the top six. Ooh, spicy! I love it. So I'm going a little bit bold this year. I told you I'm feeling spicy with all this happiness floating around in my world. Uh, Pacho Award, fourth uh, in his first full-time season. I'm going to put him in the mix. Let's see. Who else can I throw in the mix? Oh, Colton Herta. Who? How can I forget about him? I am going to love – so I've covered Colton and Pacho for their road to Indy car career the whole time. I loved watching them battle and I am so excited for those battles to revamp this season. There any thoughts on other members of the Penske organization you think are going to be top five, top six ish. I didn't hear anyone from Ray Holladum and Lanigan mentioned. Oh, uh, see? There's this carpenter You're... team you might have heard of. No nods there. <laughs> throwing shade katie kyle no 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 look there's gonna be i'm gonna say look 17 races do you, instead of championship do you want to do 
how many winners this season? Whatever you want. This is our format. We pick and choose. I'm going with 12 winners this season in wow. 17 races. That's a what lot. What do you think? I love it. I had someone on my listener Q&A show ask how many winners I thought we were going to have this year, and I said 17, but I was just being an ass because there's 17 <laughs> races. But to your point, 12 would be – that's the thing. If we talk about who do we think is going to be the consistent front-running group, Dixon, Pato, Colton, Rossi, Newgarden – uh, we could have a rotating sixth in, you know, we, Hunter Ray, how do you look past him? Um, could there be a surprise with, uh, Alex Pillow being up in there? We don't know. Graham Ray hall. Of course. I know we're going to, I'm going to get a nasty call if we don't, you know, say he's going to win <laughs> the whole thing. I don't know. There's a crazy guy named Will power, uh, oh, yeah. a fairly OCD guy in Simon Pagino. You can throw in some more Renus VK, of course, Connor and Eric's. You could easily get to that 12 that you have predicted and also realize that there are going to be a couple of outliers who form that 12. Some who get that one, maybe Felix Rosenquist. Do we think Felix is going to get one? Yes. Could it be two? Of course, but I'm comfortable in saying at least one for Felix, but I don't know if it's more. Pato, do we think there could be a couple? I think it'd be silly if we, we didn't say that, but... I think there's going to be that championship race for sure of that five or six who are always there, thereabouts, but there's so many to your point, Katie, that you go, uh, everybody, they need to have as many races as we have full-time drivers because just about (laughs) all of them, maybe with exception of two or three could possibly win this year. It feels like, what about the other end? You know, we always want to talk about predictions of who could win all the big things. You know, there's always a fight. As we saw last year, holy cow, did it turn into an angle, Katie, of leader circle. Whoa, they're going to give out 22. Well, how many full-time entries did we have last year? 23. It was a real fight to not be the one that misses out on the million-dollar payday for 2021. Who do we think might fall into the keep off the bottom there, uh, knowing that we also have some entries where Drivers aren't necessarily full-time in the car. Might have some uh, some teammates sharing some of that track time. Any thoughts on who might be fighting to stay off the floor? You know, I don't think you'll see Connor Daly 20 car in that mix this year. I think Connor Daly has really is starting to hit his stride. Or not starting to. He's hit it. Yeah. Um, he's feeling really comfortable at Ed Carpenter Racing. So it's going to be good to see him with some, some of that stability and continuity. Um, you know, one that comes to mind immediately is Dalton Kellett. He's one that I feel like has not hit his stride quite yet. And then you've got the 51 with Pietro Fittipaldi and Ramak Roshan, where I also feel like those two guys are still going to be on a very steep learning curve. Like we know they're very talented. We've seen it in many other series, but this is a whole new ball game, not only a new ball game. It's a completely different field. It's a completely different universe. And this is a tight field. Like we talked about with, so many drivers having the ability to win and they're going to have a tough time finding their way in. I don't think we'd be speaking out of turn if we suggested Mr. Seven time, Jimmy Johnson with his teammate, Tony Kanon in the, uh, the 48 Ganassi car. They're going to have a tough time 
staying in a happier place, knowing that we're staring at what I think 24 full-time cars this year. So potentially there are two that go home dissatisfied at the end of the year. That's going to be a challenge, not because Jimmy lacks talent, but man, he just has the whole world to learn and publicly, right? It's not the old days where you could do a million miles of testing preseason, go to all the tracks, burn million, burn a full IndyCar season budget just in testing alone. So you show up looking like a veteran as a rookie. He doesn't have that opportunity. Plus with so few ovals, however well Tony might do in the car, barring maybe winning the Indy 500 and getting double points, he's not going to be in the 48 enough, I would say, to put up a lot of points. So I think there is a, a little bit of a concern there. We don't know yet officially who will be joining Max Chilton in the uh, the 59 Carlin Chevy on the ovals. So Again, some uncertainty there, but yeah, there is always that battle of who's going to be the best and who <laughs> does not want to be the one with the tail between their legs uh, walking away from the final race of the year. Why don't we talk about teams? And boy, I don't know if there's a lot of surprises I expect in terms of new teams pushing their way to the front that we did not anticipate. But I do know there's a, a specific team you might be slightly <laughs> fond of at Arrow McLaren SP that told us last year by <laughs> action, by result, uh, hey, IndyCar Big Three, we're either joining you and pushing one of you out or we are expanding it to the Big Four. Tell me what you think about this new dynamic of a team in one year's time really jumping up to a place that wow we have to respect should we expect that kind of progress to happen again this year or is this where things get really hard for Aaron mclaren sp you know i do expect them there's no longer a big three i do think it's the big four now and i think they will prove that this year and the reason i say that is because i do have that behind the scenes look uh not only of course with Taylor, my husband, uh, who's the president of the team now, but I have known Pato for so long. Like, even if I wasn't married to Taylor, I would have this inside look at Pato and his mentality. And he, Marshall, genuinely believes every time he gets in the car, he can win. And that is something really special. Not only does he believe he can win, but he is so confident and he has friends outside of the racetrack but on the racetrack he only cares about beating you he doesn't care if you're his best friend or his worst enemy he's going to treat you the same and that's also a very special quality in a race car driver let's stay with air mclaren sp for a moment katie before moving on to some of the other teams and where we think some of the off-season changes might play out for them huge fan like you of felix rosenquist Wanted to see him in IndyCar for many years before it finally happened. That two-year stint with Chip Ganassi Racing became a race winner last year. We weren't surprised when that happened. We knew he had the talent. Maybe chemistry-wise, though, don't know if it ended up being the, the perfect fit for him. Hey, guess what? Air McLaren SP jumps in and says, come on over. We want you to play with us in 2021. Where do you place Felix in terms of drivers you're confident about where they're going or 
for me, probably tipping my hand a little bit here and how I'm phrasing the question. <laughs> do you have any, I don't know if concerns, maybe that's overstating things, but uh, how do you feel about Felix's chances this year, knowing that, as you just mentioned, Pato Award is going to be a friendly teammate when they're not in the cars and then do his absolute best to destroy him every time they hit the track. <laughs> this is not exactly a super warm and fuzzy opportunity for Felix. Do you think he has to go out and prove himself even more after not exactly measuring up to Scott Dixon? I mean, can anyone measure up to Scott Dixon though? You know, uh, that's a tough question. Uh, and I think Felix proved himself. If you flash back to that battle at road America, uh, between Pato and Felix, which is what I think of every time I see them next to each other. It was such a great battle. And I think they really know how to push each other. They really are a great match because although they are so different in personality, it really helps them bring out the strongest parts of each other, both on the track and off. Uh, I do expect him to be a front runner every week. I think he proved he can be. Um you know, one of my concerns is the ovals. I do, I do think he scared himself a few years ago at Indianapolis. Um, but thankfully, he's had some time to relearn and, and recoup those skills. So hopefully, he'll come back stronger this year. Um, but look, Indy can be really good to you, or she can be really not mm. great to you, right? Thing that I'm hoping happens. I don't know if you share in this hope is. To your point, yes, Scott Dixon is a puzzle that almost nobody has been able to solve as a teammate. So few have. Not a huge surprise that a rookie in Felix wasn't able to get all the way there in two years. But I do think he's come an incredibly long way. Pato, on the other hand, for the most part, he's never really had a teammate in IndyCar, at least in his brief IndyCar career, that has pushed him made him question himself, uh, maybe take a little bit of shine off of him, which could actually help him develop even more. You, you Are you sharing in the hope that Felix brings that to Pato and pushes him in ways that he's never been? I think he does already. Um, you know, and they're, like I mentioned, they're so different in what they want and what they expect out of a car and how they act outside of the car and their personalities. You know, we generally think of Felix as a kind of quieter Scott Dixon esque personality, whereas Pato is more of an Elio personality for, you know, if you want to reference some of the veterans, um, but he drives a lot like one. Mm. <laughs> um, and, um, so I do think that Felix will challenge Pato in ways that he didn't know he needed challenged and vice versa. I love it. I love it. Let's go to the defending champs. That would be Chip Ganassi racing Scott Dixon. We expect him to do Scott Dixon things. Curious point though, in this kid, Alex Polo, I've said this a few times before Ganassi didn't exactly know what they were getting when they signed him. <laughs> Lots of promise, hope, expectations, and otherwise. Also, a puzzle that was not fully solved in their mind. Where do you think this kid can go as someone who I've, I've said, 
is my number one dark horse of the year. When his own team doesn't exactly know what he's going to deliver, but they think it's going to be good, that tells you they have high expectations. But where do you think Alex might fit into this Ganassi team coming off a championship? I think he will consistently be a front runner. I'm unsure if he'll get a win. I think he'll be close. If he doesn't get it, he will be close. I really like Alex Blow's long-term projections, call them, in IndyCar. Um, I was going to say Dark Horse as well, because you don't, as, as quiet as he is initially, you don't expect him to be what he is on the track. Um, you know, he's very stealthy. He's very smooth. Um, and I think the ability to learn from Scott Dixon, um, you know, and even Tony and Jimmy Johnson, I think will be a great opportunity for him to really hone in on and sharpen those skills that didn't have the chance to get sharpened uh, with a, not as many resources um, at Dale Coyne Racing. So they are giving him every opportunity to come out of this second season in IndyCar the sharpest of knives, and I think he will take full advantage of it. We jump over to Andretti Autosport, subtracting Marco Andretti's season-long influence. Be there for the Indy 500, as we know, but Marco is not planning on turning up at the Indy GP or, you know, pick whatever race, just popping over to Mid-Ohio to stand around and watch. We're (laughs) not, so there's going to be a cultural, there's already been, a cultural shift of not having Marco in the house at every event all day, every day. We do have the return of a certain mayor though, who in his IndyCar career, what now going on year 10 or something like that, his best ever results as an IndyCar driver came at Andretti Autosport 2013, I believe win after win after win, Tell me what you think, Katie, about this mayor of Hinchtown coming back to Andretti Autosport at a time where the team is trying to rally itself to be a, a proper member of the big three after stumbling a little bit last year. How do you think Hinch helps, influences, hinder? I don't know what you think, but how do you think changing a bit of the guard of Marco stepping out for full season, Hinch coming in, coming down to four full-time cars. How do you think that plays out for them? First of all, I'm just really happy for both Marco and James. You know, they both seem so at peace with what has happened. Uh, So that's exciting to see for them. Secondly, 2020 was just the epitome. 2020 was epitomized in Rossi's season. (laughs) Mm. It was just one after the other of, ooh, ouch, yikes. Uh, so I know he is certainly on the warpath for revenge. And I think that should be a scary thought for other drivers. Ooh, uh, the team, Rossi's right? revenge tour. That needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> yes. I'm, that's, that sounds like a concert. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, you should call Robin for that t-shirt though. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> or Linda Rosenberg, whichever. So Rossi's revenge tour should be scary for other drivers, uh, including his own teammate, Colton. But the team has got to keep it together, right? They've got to be on point for every pit stop and every sense of preparation. 
uh, in strategy, every aspect has to be perfect because there are so many other drivers waiting in the wings to take advantage of his every mistake. I love the angle you've taken there. What do you think as well on the Andretti side of this Colton Herta kid? Now season three is an IndyCar driver. He's still, I think, nine years old. Uh, but <laughs> where do you think he's at in terms of leadership? We know he led the Andretti ship last year in terms of championship finish. Only one to get a win for them as seemingly all of his teammates had a really rough first half of the year. He was the only one who really was not falling into that off year dynamic. Is it too crazy to think a kid who just turned 21 could actually be the one leading the team yet again this year? I don't. And I think that because even though you say 21, he has so much experience and that's just the, the world that we're living in today where kids in their early twenties, gosh, kids, who am I? Drivers in their early twenties have, you know, years and years of experience when they're just 21. I mean, he's, what is this his third full-time season? Uh, 2019 Harding Steinbrenner with yeah. the Andretti affiliation last year, Yeah, he joined the big team and yeah, he's back again. It's just stupid. Uh, that yes, time went fast. Three. I know. So third full-time season. I mean, he knows all of these tracks, so he's going to be a leader, uh, both on his own team and within the field as well. And man, I got to stop saying kid cause that ages me well i'm like much. 50 so you know i can say kid but to your point yeah i mean you're you're only 18 yourself katie so you know yeah exactly yep all right let's look at a few others you spoke about high expectations for scott mclaughlin at team penske covered off ganassi covered off andretti spoken about aero mclaren sp There's we're missing ray hall well we're we'll, let's we'll get to ray hall in just a sec i figure we should look at I don't know if it's an elephant in the room. It might be a hippopotamus. I don't know what it <laughs> is, but hey, willpower, you turn 40 and boy, you want to be there for more years, but we believe your contract, uh, current contract is up at the end of the year. Are you driving for your future based on your results in 2021? And hey, Pagina, we think you might also be in a contract year last season or two last season wasn't as spectacular as you'd hoped coming off that amazing indie win uh in 2019 where do you think the mindset might be at within the not mclaughlin and not always first or second in the championship guy joseph newgarden at team penske what do you think about their two veterans by age and tenure with the team do they need to show something this year to get another invite back I think you always feel like you're driving for your contract when you drive for Roger Pinsky because how can you not, you know, have one eye on your veteran drivers and one eye on who's starting to beat you all the time, right? Uh, I think that's what he saw in Joseph Newgarden, you know, a, a kid who could use a, a few more resources that, you know, was beating him 
with those few resources, well, let's give him more and boom, two championships. Right. Um, so I think that they definitely feel the pressure and I worry about what pressure can do to a person sometimes because it can either make you or break you. So will they step up to the pressure or is it going to cause them to cave? Um, you know, Will, we always know, is going to be a factor when it comes to polls. But he's only one behind Mario now, I think, uh, for all time. So can he keep it together through an entire race? Um, Simon is such, you mentioned it earlier, he's such an analytical guy. You know, Some people call him the professor. He studies so much. He studies the track. He studies the data. So... I just don't want him to outstudy himself. He's such a talented driver naturally. Great point. Um, let's not overthink it and just settle in and feel it. And I mean, who am I to say that, right? I'm a reporter. I'm not an IndyCar driver. But he has as much talent in his pinky nail as some drivers have in their entire body. Let's move over to that Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan team. It's always a fascinating look in each year katie for quite a while now considering how boy that takuma sato guy he sure likes winning those big races uh <laughs> right the guy he's what the oldest full-time driver in the field at i think 44 and yet the guy loves putting on both of his Indy 500 winners rings the guy seemingly you have to put down for one, if not two wins each year. Age defiant like you wouldn't believe. New engineer, though, and Mac Reasley moving over from Carlin. Another thing to consider as well, Graham Rahal, right? His best years in IndyCar came with his family team with the great Eddie Jones as his race engineer. And when Eddie moved over to Takuma's side, Takuma's fortunes rose. Huge influence on the Ray Hall Edmund Lanigan team behind the scenes on the engineering front. Eddie retired in the off season. What do you think about where they might go with that, uh, with a bit of a different look on the timing stand and two drivers, I'd say, especially Graham, who is almost impossible to deal with until he wins a race. He is the most frustrated Indy car driver on the planet. <laughs> Tell me about this team and what you see for him. Man, he was not frustrated at that open test IMS last week, Marshall. He was like on cloud nine. He was so confident in the 15 car. Uh, I talked to him as soon as he got out of the car on Friday and he said, you know, this was the morale boost that we really needed. They were the fastest no toe speed, I think in traffic, they were like third overall, if I recall correctly. And, you know, last year they were the in the finishing order, the team to beat at Indianapolis. Takuma obviously won and was Graham third. Um, so I think that was really the boost that he needed going into the season, thinking we can compete. And, you know, he's I remember some pretty incredible battles with him at Barber among some other drivers for the win. So I'm excited to see how that will play out when we start the season there in a few weeks with him kind of riding this high. 
Um, so excited for Barbara for them and excited for the month of May. So not really interested in trying to go through a team by team driver by driver. As always, we just kind of do these freewheel it a little bit. <laughs> we did get some fun questions that came in for you, Katie. So before oh. we get into <laughs> season predictions and bets that again, we're probably going to forget. And I know I'm going to get wrong. Why don't Somebody we should write them down and tweet us <sighs> in no. Long Beach? Yes. That's a... how's this, whatever the bet is, just tell me it is what you want. Cause I know you're going to win. So just <laughs> let's make sure that I, I cover off what I owe. Uh, let's see. Um, Jordan Darwin says, Katie, uh, loved seeing you doing the interviews at IMS during the open test. He asks, what's your role going to be this year in terms of holding microphones and being on TV? It will be very similar to what you saw at IMS. Um, I'm loving that role with IndyCar right now. We're creating content, bringing, making the fans that can't be there for now, hopefully making you feel like you're a little bit closer um, you know, I do take suggestions on social media. If there's a certain driver that you're loving that weekend and you want to talk to, we'll do our best to try to get them on social media for you. Um, I'll also be traveling to most of the races and doing the at track big screen video board program. And then you can find me on pit lane for Indy lights on. Look at that. That makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, me let's too. see a note. Another note here from Jordan. Says Katie, I always appreciated you helping Trevor in getting the Indy Pit Crew House built for a veteran back about five years ago. He asks, "What other community projects of the IndyCar teams do we not hear about?" So, hmm, what other good, good charitable, benevolent stuff is going on among teams that you know about? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I don't know that I can answer that off the top of my head. I know. A lot of the teams uh, do donate to Indy Family Fund. And thank you, Marshall, for your donation uh, on Taylor and I's behalf to Indy Family Fund a few weeks ago. Um, but other than the Indy Family Fund interaction, I'm not sure. Um, you know, one sure. cool thing that's look at that. Yeah, one cool thing that's been going on for a little while, getting close. Uh, Chip Ganassi Racing team manager Barry Wanzer told me about. Oh yeah. The, uh, the, the room that they've been building, uh, yes. at Riley's children's hospital, uh, in honor of his late son, iron Mike. Um, so that apparently is getting super, super close. Um, Oh, I can't wait. It's a great question though, Jordan, and something that I need to uh, delve into and get better answers for you on. So, uh, yeah. that's a little piece of homework for me here. Well, look at this, Katie, Steve Lawrence has, has been our biographer says, Hey y'all. I was actually thinking about this the other day in one of your previous season previews says, I forget which one you two bet a <laughs> steak dinner on predicting oh, the champion. I think that was, that that was 19? Dakota. Yeah. I think yes. 2019 and you chose yeah. Rossi. I don't remember who oh, I chose. Man. I think I chose Dixon, but it was new garden. So I think we were both wrong. Um, <laughs> Whoops. yeah. He, he said, do you remember doing that? And if so, who sprung for dinner? He says, I don't think we ever heard the result of that. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for remembering, well, Steve. And, and we're going to look upon you as we get towards the end of the season to uh, fire off a tweet to one of us saying, all right, uh, don't forget, one of you owes the other something here. Um, let's see. All right, here's one. Uh, we'll close with this question from our pal Jeremiah Morell. 
says, I would love to hear about Katie's time growing up around the go-karting scene in, in, in Indiana. says, I hear that she used to run around with Sarah Morell, who uh, went by Sarah Potter back then, back in the day, his wife. <laughs> Is it true that Sarah was a, a world-class talent in the rain and also wonders what you learned in karting? Uh, and you did more than karting, by the way. So uh, you, when you talk about <laughs> driving, you're not exactly doing it as a, as a simple reporter with no firsthand knowledge. That's funny. I do remember Sarah Potter. Wow, what a small world. Um, I started in quarter midgets at nine and then moved into Kenyan midgets when I was 15. Uh, so I was 1999 was when I started racing um, and then did Kenyan midgets and USAC Ford Focus midgets. And then in college, my dad, what a mean old dad, mm. he made me choose. He made me choose, Marshall. Did I want to go to college or do I want to keep racing? Wow. <laughs> um, but, you know, no, that was actually great. When I was in quarter midgets, we traveled all over the U.S. It was awesome. Around Christmas time, we would pack up and take our little truck and trailer down to Florida and uh, ran the Tangerine Nationals down in Ocala, I think it was. Uh, raced all over the Midwest with the uh, USAC midgets. And then when my dad, you know, said, hey, do you want to race? Do you want to go to college? I obviously chose college. I just started reporting for USAC. Um, and that's how things kind of snowballed from there. So somebody asked me today, what's it like being a woman in motorsports? And I don't know any different. I really, I don't have memories before being in motorsports. So I don't know what it's like to be normal, <laughs> a normal kid or anything like that. Uh, so my greatest memories are at racetracks and getting dirty and playing with the other kids, you know, around, we had like those big truck, what do you call the, like the, they were green machines. They had like three big wheels. Yes. I know what um, you're talking about. I don't know about. if anybody knows what I'm talking about, but I mean, man, those were like the greatest memories and just so much fun. Like, how can you not have fun traveling across the U.S. and getting in a race car every weekend? I mean, my parents, thankfully, um, were brave enough to let me get into a race car. I don't know if I can do that for my kids. So that was so much fun. And I'm forever grateful for the opportunity to be in motorsports because who would who wouldn't want to live this life? Amen to that. Well, my friend, I think it's time. Yes. Indy 500 winner. Why don't we start there? The thing that's impossible Ooh. to predict, but let's predict that before we get to champion of the season. I'm going to go with Juan Montoya for 500. Yes. yes. <laughs> Look, he'll be batting 500 if he wins. I mean, he, he's, yeah. Uh, Robin Miller was telling me, uh, at the open test, he saw, what was it? Uh, Montoya. I think he said Hunter Ray was there. Maybe Ray Hall, wherever he, they happened to be. And mm -hmm. he just mentioned to Montoya, like, Hey, you know, this award kid's pretty good. You know, uh, you, you think he's going to benefit from having you as a mentor insert a lot of curse words uh hurled <laughs> back at miller from montoya saying i'm not here to be his mentor and i'll clean it up in a, with polite words i'm here to kick his ass and everyone oh. else's so i'm not here to be his and best right best buddy or whatever else so to your point indy 500 one montoya 
That's not a silly prediction. I love it. Well, uh, Marshall, I interviewed him and I asked him about that comparison between he and Pato. And he just, he literally laughed and goes, yeah, but I have two wins. <laughs> I was like, that says everything you need to know about Juan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going, this is, it's a total Homer choice. I'm going to go Scott Dixon. I don't know. Pick. I don't know if there's been enough. I don't know how much there's left to find on the engine development side for Chevy to overcome that really surprising advantage that Honda showed up with uh, in August. I hope they have because I don't want the race to be one-sided. I don't think any, whether you're a Chevy fan or Honda fan, I don't think anybody gets excited when one uh, one half of the field has a chance and the other doesn't. So I hope it's super close. I don't know if they would have caught up all the way. I hope so, but just because the guy's in the last phase of his career and has six <laughs> silly championships, crazy number, I'd still like to see Dixon head into retirement in the future with more than one Indy 500 victory. So just on that alone, I'm going to go with Scott Dixon. How about championship? Who do you think is going to be holding up, hoisting up the Astor Cup at the end of the year? Gosh. I don't, this is my least favorite question because there are so many people that could win and who's going to get multiple wins. So that's what you're really asking me. And, oh man, I feel like I've stuck with him for two years in a row now. You're not getting off the Rossi train, are you? Look, I'm scared. Okay, but maybe I should because maybe I'm the curse. We have found, see... The revenge tour might be against you, Katie. That that might be the thing we've learned here. Do Rossi a favor and pick someone else. Oh, Instant championship man. guarantee. Oh, my hands are sweating. <laughs> I'm looking through the drivers on the app, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he could do it, but so could he. So could he. Um, um, okay, just going to do it. Joseph. Joseph Newgarden. What do you got? I don't see how that's a bad pick in any way. And coming off of all the success that they had last year, Michael Cannon, again, dear old friend, mentor to me, he and Dixon winning the championship in their their first outing. I don't know why, but I have not been feeling the seventh championship coming this year for Dixon. So, I'm going to go in an opposite direction from my norm. I mean, it's never, it's a low (laughs) odd thing to pick and to just go with Dixon and you go, look, yeah, uh, you're probably going to be safe, but I'm not going to go safe. Like you stepping off of the Rossi train, going to the new garden train. I was going to pick Joseph until you did because you and I can't pick the same driver because there's no, you're the smart one. (laughs) You picked them first. So, I got to find someone else so we at least have a little bit of a contest here and I can lose. Well, am I going to do this to the guy? All right. Guaranteed he's going to lose. I'm going to pick Rossi. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) What did I just do to him? 
Look, at least you can blame you now, not me. Oh. I'm good with that. Look, you're way faster. You can run way faster than me. So, yeah, Rossi's no. going to have an easy time tackling me and punching me in the head for, uh, for that call. I don't think call. you can tackle pregnant ladies. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, well there's that's a pretty darn good point as well i'm you know you could argue that i uh it looks like i'm having uh quintuplets as well so oh uh, marshall stop it yes all right we have the picks the picks are in we have our indy somebody fi- write it down for us yes we have the indy 500 in place montoya for you dixon for me championship we have joseph newgarden for you alejandro rossi for me what do we wager this time? Ooh, a donation in the other's name to a charity of choice. You are a rock star, Katie Kyle. Uh, so appreciative of you. This is so fun to do every year. And we have to assume our pal Steve Lawrence is going to listen to this and write down who we chose and what we bet. And yeah, one of those deals where no matter which one of us is wrong, uh, we're still going to try and do something good. Love it. Love it. Hey, can't wait to uh, get the season going to see you on the big screens on the Indie Lights broadcasts and for all the really cool and awesome things that are developing in your world with you and our man, Taylor Kyle. So thank you, Katie. Congratulations, Katie. And let's get rocking and rolling with a 2021 IndyCar season. I can't. What a way to kick it off. This was so fun, Marshall. Thanks for having me.